call it call. This podcast is an offering of the Axate moment proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. Woo! Yay! Ow! <laughs> you have to introduce yourself, Holly. Yes, you're right, I do. Who am I again? <laughs> I rise to the point of personal privilege. Um, my name's Holly Powell. I'm a layperson, and I'm a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, deputy from Indianapolis, Province 5. <laughs> United States of America. Yeah. Earth. And here with us, we have a special guest star, Megan Castellan. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Madam President. <laughs> I'm Deputy Megan Castellan from the Diocese of West Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Province 7. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I rise to speak against this amendment. It's <laughs> <laughs> like to all amendments. Uh, so if it is not obvious, we are in... Um, we are recovering, finally, from general convention fever. Uh, the House of Deputies adjourned about an hour ago. If maybe even less than yeah. an hour. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's only seven. Time and space are strange here in Salt Lake City. They really are. We've entered the Bermuda Triangle of the time-space continuum, my <laughs> <Yeah>. friends. <laughs> so, anyway, we thought, as, as we are fresh um, out of general convention, that we would spend a little bit of time talking about the high points, the low points, the weird points uh, of our experience over this last three months, or however long it's been. (laughs) (laughs) However long we've been here. (laughs) Well, um, let's start with with the bad so we can work our way up. Tell, let's talk about something that was un- unhappily surprising or crappy about general convention this time I don't know about you guys but I was in Indianapolis and I feel like this time things were much more rushed I got like last time I at least got to I got to have dinner out several times with friends and mm-hmm. you know meet people and this time it was like Get your Jimmy John's and get back on the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah, the pace was much more hurried this time. Yeah. Well, I don't have a really good sense of that because last time for General Convention, I was a volunteer. Mm. So I got to go home at night. I didn't have legislative committee meetings. So this was a bit of a shock to the system. I thought mm-hmm. I knew what General Convention mm-hmm. was like. Uh, but it's a whole other thing when you're generally operating on, on six hours of sleep. Um, for 10 days of a stretch. Six so. hours, damn. Yeah, how'd you manage that? <laughs> uh, I got to uh, be on a committee that did not have many resolutions. I was on stewardship and development. I think we got a total of seven resolutions, of which three were exactly the same thing. Uh-huh. So, um, so yeah, I, that's how I got to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely felt, felt much um, faster, and I'm not sure why. Because Indianapolis was shorter. It was a full two days shorter. Was it really? Yeah, it was only eight days. There was this whole thing about we're going to be streamlined, we're going to be two days shorter, and then this was the convention that they made two days longer because we had to consider track resolutions, we had to elect a new PB, and so the fact that this one feels so much more rushed and we were, you know, scraping and clawing to get everything done, um, 
kind of frustrates me a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and part of the problem was that the way the convention is structured, you have legislative committees meeting for the first couple of days, and so the first you know, two or three days, there's hardly any legislation hitting the floor. Yeah. So then you've got a bunch of privilege and courtesy res resolutions to deal with. Yeah. And then resolutions do start hitting the mm -hmm. floor, and you discover that the House of Deputies doesn't know anything about parliamentary procedure. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, you, it's just sand in the gears for another three days until the House actually starts getting clicking. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of the other thing that was frustrating to me, having been a deputy in Indianapolis, was that I think for the first time the presiding officers decided, let's see if I can explain this better than other deputies who attempted earlier today. They decided for the first time to assign resolutions to the deputies of one committee and the bishops of another committee, mm. which raised the possibility, which, and this happened on one resolution in particular, that the deputies and bishops could come to different recommendations, mm -hmm. right. which completely mucked up the process mm -hmm. and confused everybody when the houses had to vote. Um, and it also delayed the committee's work because we didn't know what the heck we were doing for half the time. Um, and I have no idea why they did that. Why would you just not refer the entire thing to one committee? Are we not supposed to be parallel committees meeting together? Yeah, that, that was super weird. Yeah. I agree. I think it mainly affected canons for, well, again, reasons I'm not clear on. Um, like Devin Anderson, there's much that has not been revealed to me as a human. Okay. But it, it seemed like something that unnecessarily slowed the process down without a good reason. Yeah. So, we've griped about convention, but what was good? Pretty much everything else, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in the haze of having finished. Um, getting to be there for the election of Michael Curry was amazing. So that was so great. That was that was phenomenal. Um, watching him come into the house, not by the door he was supposed to come into, <laughs> but through the oh, back. Oh, that was hilarious! I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. He threw everybody off, and, and we were all confused, and all of a sudden, he showed up. Um, that was amazing. Aside from that being, I suppose, the obvious great thing about convention, and that was tremendously exciting. You know, I was one of many, um, you know, in tears a little bit, because I, I really feel like he's the voice that the church needs right now. Mm. Um, but, you know, some other really kind of cool things for me were, uh, A, meeting people that I've known on Twitter since the last convention, mm -hmm. but have never met in person. I met a lot of them, and that was super fun. And then uh, doing the live episode of The Collect Call, where mm -hmm. our technology did not completely fall apart, and it was a bunch of tech that I had never used before. And so oh, that, that was so fun! It was the best. Um, so go back and listen to that episode. Um, and then the other thing was just, this convention had a more hopeful tone to it than any that I've been aware of since I've been Episcopalian. And, you know, it's not that we didn't have some of the debates about marriage, but just that we've agreed to stay together. And that seems pretty solid at this point, that 
that we've agreed to disagree, but to love one another and to be one church. And I feel really good about that. And I feel incredibly good that we took some action at this convention uh, to really invest in evangelism, mm -hmm. uh, because we've been so embroiled in our own fights and our own narrative of decline for I don't know how long now. And, you know, I feel it seems that we're ready to move forward in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The, even in, in, in Indianapolis, when we had that unanimous vote that we wanted to restructure, nobody was quite sure what that meant. Um, it was just something that sounded really good, and we were tossing around all those, you know, buzzwords. Nimble. That, nimble. Yeah. Additional. Uh, <laughs> you know. But this time, we actually did stuff around it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was one of the huge things for me, is that time and time again, people were like, yeah, we do want to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah, we really do want to plant some churches, and we want to tell people about Jesus, and we want to do all that. It yeah. felt like a very Jesus-centered convention. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that in the church. Right? It's very, it's very <laughs> odd. Like, what? Jesus? What's yeah. he doing here? Yeah. You know, it's like Robert and G Robert of Rules of Order fame and Jesus were like, oh conspirators in this convention and yeah. it was really cool and and I don't know like even in 2012 things felt combative mm -hmm. and I mean I mentioned on Twitter today if those of you who might follow me on Twitter you shouldn't I just mostly say stupid stuff but but you know it was today, actually, with this completely random vote at in the afternoon about allowing bishops to certify alternative forms of liturgy. It was the first time this entire convention I saw someone on Twitter saying, this is the end of the Episcopal Church. <laughs> and I was like, after all that we have done, this convention, that, you know, it, it took us nine days this time, so that's cool. Like, yeah. that... You know, last time it was immediately. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and while I voted no on that resolution, <laughs> that is not the end of the Episcopal Church. Yeah. We're going to so, be fine. Yeah. yeah. Despite the Eutucharist and Boobucharist and. Emucharist. Eutucharist. Theraflucharist. The memes were flying. Yes. It's true. <laughs> Well, and that is one thing that is in common between this convention and last convention, is how Twitter <laughs> made life bearable yeah. during the uh, more boring moments on the House floor. It did, and you know what else, though, is that I think this time was even more Twitter-centric than last time. I mean, in fact, the House of, or the President of the House of Deputies even referred to the third house, the house of Twitter, yeah. well, on yeah. the floor. So, and we had an example of that in action today. Mm -hmm. So, so one of the things I, I just found myself incredibly excited about, and, and this is why I've been excited from the beginning to be involved in Acts 8, was that that very first Acts 8 gathering in 2012, there were a bunch of prominent kind of progressive people there, as well as a bunch of prominent conservatives. Yeah. Uh, there as well, and, and that happened to be the case uh, this time, too, uh, in terms of who showed up uh, at our gatherings. And, and this time, because we're kind of past, you know, the questions of will I stay or will I go, um, I was really happy to find myself in a position of joining, co joining common cause 
uh, with, with people who may fall on the more conservative side of the spectrum in this church. And there was a great example of that in the House of Twitter today, uh, where there was a piece of legislation that we were expecting to hit the House of Bishops that was really important to a lot of deputies. And while I suppose I, I fall on the more liberal wing of the church, although sometimes I ask myself questions about that because I'm not sure it's as true as it used to be, um, you know, Greg Brewer, who is one of the uh, probably more conservative bishops in the church, uh, really gave us an assist uh, on that piece of legislation via the House of Twitter. And so to be in a cooperative relationship uh, with people who have been perceived as adversaries for so long, um, you know, back to being a convention about Jesus, um, that feels like Jesus. You know, and, and Bishop Curry today in his, in his remarks to um, General Convention in the closing Eucharist um, said some really powerful things about, you know, some of us may be Democrats, some of us may be Republican, some of us may be conservative, some of us may be progressive, but we are all followers of Jesus and we're all one body. And, and to me, that really summed up the way that this convention has felt to me. I mean, sure, there are people who have disagreed with things that I thought were really important, and I'm sure I've disagreed with things that other people thought were really important, but for the most part, it felt uh, convivial, it felt uh, homey. And, and I'm going to be honest, like I think a lot of that in the House of Deputies, at least, was the result of Lester McKenzie. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. I mean, can I just get him to come to my house and talk to me all the time? Mm-hmm. He did a fantastic job. So he can talk to you to pep you up, and then Winnie Vargese can come? Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and like talk you to sleep. Yes. <laughs> Your eyelids are closing. Your eyelids are closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and if you haven't listened, um, Brenda did an interview earlier in the convention, like in 20. 20- 11 or whenever we got here, um, <laughs> about, um, you know, he, he interviewed uh, Chaplain McKenzie, and, and it's really awesome. I mean, like, even if you're not paying attention to the words he says, just, like, tune out and listen to the dulcet tones of his voice, and you'll be really happy. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, my other takeaway with this is that I will now end all sentences with yo, yo, yo. <laughs> stop, stop. You know, but on that topic, just thinking about some of the exciting things at the convention. So when, when our new presiding bishop was elected and news came to the House of Deputies that a presiding bishop had been elected, you know, we have this process where the House of Deputies is supposed to confirm. Mm-hmm. So there is a confirmation committee that is supposed to go out and take the news and confirm that the uh, presiding bishop has been elected. And so uh, the president of the House of Deputies was going to dismiss us for lunch. Yeah. And the House of Deputies was like, hell no. <laughs> we are going nowhere. And we the got way, very angry. <laughs> the way we did it was by breaking into song. <laughs> it was... <laughs> that is only six days ago, you guys. What? That's just nuts. <laughs> no. Six general convention days, huh? Yeah. Which you realize are like, you know, half of a normal person month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, we say God created the world in six days, but I mean, six days, I mean, come yeah. on. Six yeah, God na- days. Now I get it. Yeah. yeah. You did it six general convention days. Just <laughs> <laughs> totally possible. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. general convention is a weird little. Um, 
amalgam of things, but if you want to know about the ethos of the Episcopal Church, it's probably the best place to go. Because, it, it I mean, it's just so, I don't know, everybody's making jokes, and people are being, like, sarcastic from the podium, and... But not in a, not in a, like, destructive way. Yeah. Except for that one guy, but we ruled him out of order. Yeah, we ruled him out of order. He was being mean. But everybody has such a sense of, you know, these are my people, these are my, this is my home, that it's such a, it's such a nice place to be, because um, everyone's just so damn happy all the time. And you know what? Even when it's hard. This morning I was making a point of thanking all the people that I've been, that have been waiting on me during this convention, the lady at Cafe Latte outside the House of Deputies, shout out to Laura, I think was her name, mm-hmm. um, who got me my coffee every morning, and and the lady in the Radisson that I was talking to, and anyway, I was just trying to make it a point to say thank you, because we've been here for a long-ass time, and you guys have been awesome, and and the to a one, they all said, you all have been the most happy, easy-to-work-with people that we have ever hosted in this site. The lady at Cafe Latte was like, if you, if the Episcopal Church could move in to Salt Palace, we would be so happy because you all are so nice. And that just made me feel really good. Because, you know, we could be real And these are Salt Lake City people saying this. (laughs) Yeah. These are Salt Lake City people saying this. They hang out with Mormons. Y'all, we are nicer than the Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's, let's Let's let that sink in. Let's let that sink in. So what was the weirdest thing that happened at convention for you? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. So I'll start. Okay. So today, there was a situation where there were, what, seven or eight resolutions that were coming out of the Standing Commission for Liturgy and Music that were intended to go on the consent calendar and a deputy attempted to get them rolled up into a single resolution uh, so that we could vote on them as one. <laughs> and, and then we got lost. <laughs> yes. And thus we, were we ended up in a parliamentary <laughs> labyrinth. <laughs> that I don't know how long that took to get through. It felt like 45 minutes. It might have been 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was seven resolutions. And if we had just voted yes quickly, um, we could have been done in like five minutes. But instead, and, and, and once you kind of launch into these parliamentary waters, there's no going back. Right. Uh, you, you, you have. You can't to, retract. No. Yeah. There's no yeah. David Simmons standing up to sing retraction. Yeah. <laughs> Although that would be awesome. That, that would, would be, be awesome. On the other hand, it made. That that whole sequence of events made for some of the best Twitter of the convention. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say the weirdest thing. Gosh, you can really cut this if it gets weird. But uh, for me, was the whole mystique around the presiding bishop election and the fact that um, it got leaked on Twitter early. Yeah. And so all these people, I mean, my phone all of a sudden just starts blowing up with text messages. OMG, did you see who it is? Did you see it's Curry? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? 
So I, of course, go out to Twitter. I find the offending tweet. I take a screenshot of it. I send it to my deputation. They all immediately are like, why did you send us that? We're not supposed to know. And it was just like this kind of, Megan and I were sitting together in the alternate scally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just this kind of weird moment of, of what do we know? Is it true? Is it not true? There was outrage. There was excitement. And, and there was just this, what? It was probably an hour and a half where we were yeah. in limbo knowing but not knowing and kind of wondering and not wondering and and it was a bizarre but but pretty cool moment well and on my deputation the deputies who were on twitter were trying to protect the deputies who weren't on twitter Uh, from the information yeah i did a bad thing because a lot of the deputies in my deputation were kind of like i wish you hadn't sent us that tweet because we wanted to find out the right way and and I said, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I thought it was public knowledge. I didn't understand, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the weirdest moment was um, when I filed. So I was a legislative aide this mm-hmm. convention. And part of my job was to file a record of everything my committee reported out with the secretariat so that we had a paper copy of everything we were putting into the computer system. So the first time I did that, apparently we were the first committee to have acted on resolutions. So I walk into the secretariat and there were like, oh my God, you've done something. We don't know how the system works. Come with us and we will experience it together. All of a sudden I have four people gathered around a computer and we're all standing in a clutch and they're like, let's see what this button does. Ooh, ooh, look, let's see. And now we type, remember the training, remember the training, what do we put next? And so all of a sudden I'm in the midst of this like great crowd of witnesses as we're trying to figure out... (laughs) Well played. (laughs) As we're trying to figure out how this new like legislative processing thing works... And nobody knows how it's going to work, but we're all so excited. Like, this is clearly the high point of everybody's day. Yeah. Um, and it fi- the first resolution goes through, and, and all of a sudden, everyone's clear- cheering, and we're clapping, and we're dancing around the console, and it was, it was fantastic. And so, um, ever since then, like, every time I've gone into the secretariat, they've been like, Megan, our friend, we're back! So, that, that was probably the weirdest part of convention for me, but also fabulous, because my secretariat people are fantastic, and they do a great job. Um, so, speaking of a great crowd of witnesses, that might yeah. have been the most surprising vote of the whole convention, do you think? It, well, I would say the budget. The budget. But okay. I think the budget was the most surprising. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about these two giant surprising votes. So the first one, I, okay. So second most surprising vote would would have been the one around the, the uh, great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. And that was one where the this was to be a a replacement for holy women, holy men, which has been temporarily operating as the sanctuary counter calendar for the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. and a great cloud of witnesses was to replace it permanently, not even for trial use. Yeah, but permanently. And uh, and it passed out of the House of Bishops, yeah. and then the House of Deputies uh, changed it from being an authorized text to an available text, uh, which has the effect of making Lesser Feasts and Fast 2006 the official sanctuary calendar of the Episcopal Church. Uh, and it was one of the weirdest things to have the House of Deputies do something that is more conservative. 
uh, than the House of Bishops. I think it's, but one of the interesting things to me through this whole convention is watching how, for the first time, because in, in 2012 there was a Twitter conversation happening, um, but it, it was like five people. It was yeah. me and five other people. This time, for the first time, Twitter is influencing legislation. Mm-hmm. That's really true. And that's, that's a huge shift. And so this was the first vote, I think, that Twitter really had an impact on the way people were voting. Yeah. And for the first time, you really saw this generational breakdown and these young people raising up and saying, you know, we're not okay with, with, the, legisl- with the liturgical looseness that is currently happening. Um, and I think for the generation who has run the church for so long, you know, they're not accustomed to hearing that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we're starting to see that generational shift happening and actually come to fruition. Well, and it was fascinating in some other votes too because we had uh, some votes on prayer book revision mm-hmm. and uh, hymnal revision as well. And the prayer book revision one came down, which that one came down to a vote by orders? Prayer book revision. Oh, well, it was the RCL one. It was the right? RCL, because it was a prayer book fix. And, and so oddly, in a vote by orders on that one, it had a more, again, a more conservative, for lack of a better, of a better term, outcome than the marriage resolutions did, which is not generally what you would think would happen. Uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, the RCL has now made it in and passed the Constitution, but, um... <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, well, I, I suppose the, the reason a great cloud of witnesses went the way it did is that even among, I suppose, some of the older priests, I don't know what our listenership is, I might have to cut this, um, but they like their fairy days. They do, and a great cloud of witnesses was, was annoying the Anglo-Catholics as well as the the progressives because the argument was made and they were right that we co well, it was co-opting people of other faiths right and that's not okay so they were annoying people on both sides of that um, and I guess I would say too one of the other things that was interesting about this convention wait do we finish both the votes that were we haven't talked about the budget yet okay that was big the budget was the huge. Budget was the budget big. next to the Michael Curry thing might be my favorite moment. Yeah, is yeah. watching the budget go through. No, because I've never cried over the budget before. <laughs> well, no, well, that's because you haven't been a finance director. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that was incredible. I that was actually the church saying, not only are we going to say that we support church planting, but if the budget comes to us and it does not support church planting, we're going to amend the damn budget. Yep. Yeah. And we did. We From did. the floor. And, you know, in conversations previous to that, that blessed day, yeah. <laughs> the day that shall be known as... Budget day. Yes. Say, July say, 2nd, 2015. St. <laughs> <Saint> Excel. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, you know, everyone would have said, if you had asked any deputy on the floor, can the House of Deputies pass amendments on the budget from the floor, they would have said absolutely not. And then, can that amended budget pass the House of Bishops on top of that? Yeah, and, and, um, you know, I, I'm an accountant, right? I have done diocesan budgets for years, and there was a part of me that felt, hmm, 
not guilty so much, but disloyal to my to my peeps by yeah. queuing up to speak for an amendment from the floor because I can tell you as the treasurer of a diocese, a diocesan convention, the last thing you want when you put the budget on the floor is for someone to walk to the mic. Mm-hmm. Unless it's to say, wow, Holly, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what a great budget you have prepared. Um, but yet, we did it, and um, it passed resoundingly. And um, that says something about Jesus and God to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, so I'm good friends with our diocesan treasurer who's on my vestry at St. Paul's. And I texted him um, and said, I'm about to, I'm about to help propose a budget amendment from the floor. Here's what it says. So brace for drama because they were watching the live stream at home. Um, And he said, no, 0.5% increase is good. I like it. Um, I'm going to text the bishop and he should support it. And I was like, all right, if my diocesan treasurer likes it, must not be bad. And then he texted me back and said, this is fine, but if you oppose, you propose one floor amendment to my budget in November, <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> well, so another thing um, that was good and also difficult at this convention was kind of an increased awareness of racial issues yeah yeah um i'm not sure that 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 was really intended but i mean we are in a moment in our country um and anywhere you look you would see someone wearing a black lives matter pin or um a deputation with a black lives matter sign at their table um there was a lot of talk about about race, obviously we we elected an African-American presiding bishop, which was a historic thing. Um, We elected to to put, what, two million? Two million. In the budget for um, the work of furthering racial reconciliation. And, And does that even make a difference? Does it change anything? I don't know, but I, I think it feels like the right step but certainly that lens of, of viewing things was was much more wide open this convention than anything else I've been to in the church well it, it yeah. seems like the church knows maybe that if anybody is going to get around the work of reconciliation it has to be the church and not just this church but you know, we, we're in the business of reconciling people to one another and to God. And I don't know if we know how to do it yet, but we know we need to, I think. Yeah, and I, uh, one of the things I became kind of acutely aware of, um, Acts 8 had an event um, involving young people of color um, who spoke and told part of their, their story about their experience of race and their experience of the church. And and part of that story kind of broadly described was um, a reoccurring experience of being racially profiled while at convention. Um, Mm -hmm. Young people were stopped and asked for picture ID to get on the floor of convention. Even though they had name badges? Yeah, even though they had name badges, they were stopped and asked why they were at a hotel um, over and over and over again. 
And so that was what was going through my head when we were asked to thank the city of Salt Lake. That's what kept playing through my head when we were asked to thank Utah, is that we were thanking these things and yet we had people among us who had had a horrible experience. Um, and we were not being entirely honest about what had happened. Um, and I think as a church we are not we have the tools to tell the truth and to ask for to, we have the tools for confession and reconciliation you know better than anybody else we know how to do that yeah. there's a reason that Desmond Tutu did um, truth and reconciliation in, in South Africa um, but we are we are so bad at that in this country and um, I think though finally we are we are learning that we need to do that ourselves yeah. as as difficult and painful as it is so one of the things that um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession here. Um, I don't know if David Simmons has recorded a theme song for Holly's Confession, but... Not yet. <laughs> um, no, text him. We, um, Brendan came up with the idea to do daily podcasts from General Convention, what, like 10 days before we flew out here? Something like that. Um, and, and at the time, he and I were in the middle of helping to work on crafting legislation as well as running for executive council as well as doing our normal podcast schedule as well as also living our daily lives with our peeps and I said and to him cats. and our cats <laughs> and I, I believe the words I said to him were you are bad crazy <laughs> um, I, I actually I believe it was you are the craziest mother Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to stay in. <laughs> um, and, and yet, I, I told him, look, I'm doing a lot of other stuff while I'm there. I, I don't know how much I can do. I'll be happy to help however much I can. And Brendan, my dearest friend, just said, all right, I'll take, I'll make it happen. And it has been really awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm publicly saying here <laughs> on the podcast that you were right and I was wrong. Um, and I would, wanted to ask you, what's your favorite uh, of the interviews that we've done? You know, so I have to tell you, one of the great things about doing this is that I'm naturally an introvert, which may not necessarily come across on the podcast. Samesies. And coming out with this really aggressive schedule... Uh, made me go out and talk to strangers and be like, hey, can I interview you? <laughs> and and actually the funny thing is, when you do that, they mostly say yes. Yeah, they do. Which is fascinating and amazing. Um, so that, that was actually just incredible. So what my favorite interview that... Honestly, my, my single favorite interview was one that you did. Yeah. I think the one that you did with the military chaplains was just really cool. Uh, because for me, you exposed an area of the church that I don't think people know exists. 
that if you think about who has a really loud voice in the church um, these days, or not a loud voice, but where where we talk about issues, like we talk about gays <laughs> or stuff like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really important work. I'm gay. I'm, I I really value the stuff that we've talked about there. I believe you do like having rights, right? I, I no, I do. But I'm glad the, that you like it. But yeah. the thing about the military chaplains was, you interviewed some people who were going about amazing work dangerous work. Holy work. Really quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was so glad that, you know, our little podcast was able to actually celebrate that in in a little bit in a little way. So that that was my favorite of the interviews yeah. uh, that, that you did. Uh, the favorite interview that I did um, is just I'm I'm a straight up geek and I had the best time with Derek Olson. Oh that was such a fun so. podcast. <laughs> I mean it was total geek nerdery but I loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, all of them were were really cool. I would say that my favorite story of the bunch and I actually felt kind of drawn to the military chaplains as well, just because they were so um, happy to be interviewed. Like they were so surprised that people asked them questions. Um, and that made me feel like we were doing something really special. Yeah. Um, but also just from a story perspective, was it yesterday that we interviewed Sister Suzanne? Yes. Okay, so I was sitting in worship saving a seat for Brendan. Um, he had texted me and said he was running a few minutes late and would I save him a seat? And um, while I was sitting there, a, a, a nun, a sister, um, came up and sat, asked if she could sit on the other side of me. I said, sure, I'm saving this seat, but this one's fine. And she said, well, um, do you have an iPad? Because the reason I need to sit here is because I don't have a way to follow along with worship without, you know, she said, so I've been sitting next to people who have iPads. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I got it out. And um, I said, actually, you know, when my friend gets here, I can work off of his, and then you can use this one. And, and she was asking me, what, do I, what did I think about the iPads, et cetera, et cetera. And she told me she was uh, a, a nun and also from the National Altar Guilds Association, and that's why she was here. Um, and then when Brendan showed up, of course, me being, like, completely clueless about life in general, I'm just like, cool, I'm talking to a nun, awesome. And then Brendan's <laughs> like, hey, can we interview you after this service for the call it call? <laughs> and uh, she said, sure. And we sat next to her. She, she volunteered to watch our things because both Brendan and I served as chalice bearers during that service. Um, afterwards, we ducked out to a little alcove and interviewed her for a few minutes. And... Um, and she was really pleased to, to have gotten to talk to us, and, and we were equally as pleased to talk to her. And it's just a funny, it's just a, a perfect example of the way that, that things work. Yeah. Well, and for me, what it just reminds me of is telling people's stories is, is work worth doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we asked the question on Twitter earlier this week if, if people preferred the interview format or the normal format, rest assured that we are going to stick with what we do, which is look at liturgy and talk about it. But we've gotten a pretty decent response to these interviews, so I'm not ruling out that we might not throw an interview in every now and then to mix things up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've got a bunch more interviews in the can that we didn't have time to do this week because 
you know, you heard earlier about the breakneck schedule. There is no way I could have released all these. So uh, they're not going to be coming out on a daily pace, people. So, um, so prepare for collect call withdrawal. Yes. It will be okay. It's intense. We can recommend to you the other podcasts in the Via Media Collective, a network of podcasts with an Anglican sensibility. And and outside the Via Media Collective, there are actually a couple of other great podcasts in the Episcopal Church that we've um, gotten to know here. Uh, Priest Pulse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Episcopal Herald has been doing a podcast. I don't know what their schedule will be like now that convention is over. Uh, Deputy News uh, did a couple podcasts. I was on one of them. It was amazing. You should definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, so actually, um, now Brendan is kind of the taskmaster of the two of us. I know that's hard to believe, given that like he actually knows things, and I just like show up and say stupid things and LOL. But um, <laughs> but um, I'm trying to convince him that next week we should take the week off, and we could just release some of the interviews we haven't yet done, um, or at least haven't yet released. So. If you get an actual Call It Call podcast from us, then you'll know that he won. And if you just get interviews that we pre-recorded, you'll know that I won. No, Holly won because we have in the can an interview with the custodian of the standard for <gasps> common prayer. The new one or the old one? The, the old, old one. one. Okay. And no. it was so cool. So I told you I know the new one. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yes. No, I asked you for his contact information and you have not come through, Megan. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm think I'm, I think I'm friends with him for Friday. All right. Or, no, I'm reading a text message and talking to you at the same time. <laughs> I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. All right. Or I okay. know people who are. Okay, we, we will figure that out. Yeah. Well, listeners, we love you. Thank you for bearing with us through General Convention. Um, you know, you. We would love to hear from you. So reach out from us. Reach out from us. Reach out to us on Twitter at the Collect Call, or send us an email at the Collect Call at acts8moments.org. You can find our parent organization, the Acts Eight Moment, online. Acts Eight. That's the number eight. Moment.org. Um, on Facebook and Twitter at Acts Eight Moment. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. But we're going to be closing out today with the closing worship uh, led by Lester McKenzie uh, on the floor of the House of Deputies, uh, so you can hear us uh, say goodnight to General Convention. Thanks, everyone, for being just freaking awesome, and um, we'll talk to you soon. And especially thanks to Megan for being super awesome. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. We love you. All right. We'll see you next time, listeners. Good night. Or whatever time of day it is. (laughs) (laughs) Time Lord Jesus, stay with us. For evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken our hope. We may know you as you are revealed in scripture and in the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Amen. I want you to look around as I sing a song to you. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere. Peace.